0: Percy, in your experience, is it possible to finish a cancer journey better than you started?
1: Hmm. It's more than possible, my friend.
0: With God's help, it happens
1: again and again. Hmm. Cancer is certainly a negative, no doubt about it. But even in the midst of that, God can work new things and he can work together things for our good, making it possible for us to emerge better in a number of different ways.
0: Good to hear. Today, we're going to hear from a cancer survivor who has a rousing testimony about the faithfulness of God in and after his fight with the sickness. The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. The information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. So glad you've chosen to join us now for Health, Hope, and Inspiration. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Our host is Reverend Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Percy, always good to be with you. Today, we're going to talk about God's faithfulness. This is going to be a great conversation.
1: We are, and God's faithfulness in terms of allowing us to become new creatures and uh, evolve us over and over within the context of His faithfulness, and so it'll be a compelling conversation today.
0: Now, as I recall, the guest we're going to hear from today was one of the earliest guests who ever joined us on this podcast.
1: That is absolutely correct, if my memory serves me uh, as it should, either the second or third original guest that we had on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. But this is an updated
0: conversation, right? This is an updated conversation for sure. All right. We'll hear that and get started in just a moment with Percy. Our theme is God is Faithful, a cancer survivor testimony here today. We have a question we would like to pose to you. How did or does your faith make a difference to you in your cancer journey? Would you do us the honor of answering that question and help each other? Because we're going to share some of those responses on a future program. So how did or does your faith make a difference to you in your cancer journey? Answer the question, if you would, at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Click on Connect, and the drop-down menu will give you an opportunity to type in your response. Uh, You've been looking at some of the responses to that question being asked previously, Percy.
1: Absolutely. And we actually have someone who responded from Florida to that very question uh, in a previous show. And their response was this. First, Reverend McRae, you are in my prayers and I wish you a long life. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. You have been such an inspiration to me since I was diagnosed with cancer last May. I believe that I am a different person. I have always been a Christian but I was not living my best life. Mm. The journey has made me very scared of what the future held for me, and the thought of leaving my family way earlier than I thought was frightening. When I was told that I was stage three, not stage one, after surgery, I was totally lost and helpless. But I thought about it and decided that there is nothing that I could do but trust in God, that he has a purpose for me, taking me down this journey. Mm -hmm. Uh, He also goes ahead and says that when I see an opportunity now to serve, I jump at it. (laughs) Having God next to me every second has given me a new purpose and focus. I think I have been given cancer for that very reasonable. Well, you see how, how, how these responses
0: are so helpful to all of us who are listening. So share your own experience with us, if you would, and answer that question. How did or does your faith make a difference to you in your cancer journey? Thanks to that uh, respondent from Florida here on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. When you go to our website, we have a free resource to offer you as a download, Ways to Respond to Cancer Patients. Sometimes it's hard to know what to say, what to do. Well, Percy has put some thoughts on paper, and you can download that at healthhopeandinspiration.com, Ways to Respond to Cancer Patients. All right, let's dig into God's Word to get started. Percy? Well, I'm going to use a very familiar passage of Scripture, but I'm going to apply it a little bit different. So uh,
1: grant me a little liberty here. All right, you got it. Second Corinthians, the fifth chapter, verse 17, and it states, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature or creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have now become new. And I'm going to talk about, and we're going to hear from an individual who helped us to understand that after having uh, originally gone through his cancer diagnosis, that there now are some new things and new emphasis that have taken place in his life and ministry opportunity and how he's become a new creature uh, in Christ, evolving, going from glory to glory to glory.
0: We'll get to that conversation right after I remind you that if you are concerned that you or someone you love may have cancer, consider reaching out to Cancer Treatment Centers of America for personalized diagnostic services. Cancer Treatment Centers of America is a comprehensive cancer care network that treats the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com and click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America or contact a member of the team with questions about your diagnostic and treatment options. The number is 866-712-HOPE, 866-712-HOPE. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses a patient-centered approach, and a wide range of technologies and techniques to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. You can learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Well, as Percy said earlier, this is Dean Johnson's second time to be with us on the program, and this conversation was pre-recorded just recently in Chicago, I believe. So let's get started with Percy's interview with Dean.
1: Well, with me today is Dean Johnson, who is a former prostate cancer patient uh, diagnosed in December 2011 who is now cancer free treated at cancer treatment centers of America Chicago and actually was one of our original uh, interviews when we first started health hope and inspiration some three four years ago so I'm really excited to have Dane back and we'll kind of catch up welcome to the show Dane how you doing man I'm doing well how are you I'm doing good since the last time that we have spoken of course Uh, You are going through your process of of treatment and care and obviously prostate cancer. Let's talk a little bit about, uh, first of all, how are you doing medically and physically? How are things at this time for you?
2: I'm doing extremely well medically and physically. Um, The prostate cancer is gone. I just had my last check of my PSA back in July, and it was less than... Point one. Okay, so things are going very
1: well. Good, 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 good. So, with that being said, let's talk about that dynamic. Obviously, when you talk about PSA and and you throw out some of those those numbers, that's all related to uh, having your prostate checked or having your numbers checked. Uh, one of the things that I think is still a real important factor that may or may not be taken as seriously as I think it should be, particularly among the African-American community, is the fact of having men uh, regularly have their prostate checked or having their numbers checked. Let's talk about from your perspective and what have you done, if anything, to kind of further that message of early detection, you know, annually uh, going to your doc and making sure you're, you're keeping an eye on your numbers. What, what say you about that?
2: well one of the things that i do on a regular basis is i talk to uh, many men about having their prostates checked regularly with the psa exam and i tell them that because for several years i had my prostate checked with the psa and then for several years i did not and over the several year period that i did not that's when my numbers really elevated Mm. and i started having symptoms okay and a lot of times once you start to have symptoms then that's a sign that you really need to do something. Yeah. And after going back and having it checked after having the symptoms, my prostate PSA numbers had gone through the roof Got it. since the last check. So I tell men, just stay on top of this so that if it increases incrementally, you can catch it earlier than I did.
1: And so, uh, obviously, PSA is basically done through um, a blood draw. Yes. But there's also uh, a digital rectal exam that yes. also can be done. And I know that a lot of men kind of shriek at the thought of of, of that process. Uh, and, again, I have been through that, and I continually uh, annually have that assessed as well. And we just want to encourage men at the end of the day, don't run from your doctor. Don't hide from this because – Uh, prostate cancer can kind of sneak up on you and next thing you know you you have an issue that needs to be addressed and so thank you for being an advocate i know you work with the cancer fighters as well at uh, cancer treatment centers of america so you're spreading that message with that being all said um what were some of the things now that you're on the other side of cancer you know i think Mm -hmm. that there are kind of three stages to cancer obviously when you're first being told that you have cancer then uh, pursuing medical treatment and care, you're in the midst of cancer, and then whenever you get to the other side where you're no longer, quote-unquote, an active cancer patient or you're deemed cancer-free, in the midst of all of those processes, what have you learned or how has cancer changed you? Well, one thing that I learned
2: from firsthand experience is God is faithful. Okay. And cancer has changed me into growing deeper in my understanding of who God is, what he does, and what it really means to have peace, especially in the midst of something like cancer. Because when when you hear those words, you have cancer, those words, I believe, inspires fear in people. When my wife and I were told you have cancer... We just looked at each other and looked at the doctor and said, so what do we do now? Yeah. There was no fear whatsoever. Yeah. We, we had total peace.
1: It's it's important, you know, and uh, what I did not share with you, uh, you know, I was diagnosed with colon cancer uh, okay. July 22nd of this year and had surgery. And I'm doing great And my... I'm prognosis, early stage one cancer, uh, but you're exactly right. Typically what happens for many cancer patients is that the fear factor kicks in. and that And that never really was my experience either. And that's not to say that, you know, so that we can be clear that for those who may experience fear, uh, does not diminish the fact that you're not, you know, that that you're not as spiritual or whatever. It just, I think that people just tend to respond and react differently. But for me, uh, similar to your scenario, it wasn't it wasn't an issue of fear. It was it was my disposition of, uh, what do we do next? And so. Uh, having that peace that you describe, based upon, predicated upon your faith, uh, which obviously is a huge factor for you. So, as a, I'm assuming, as a believer, yes, and and one who uh, allows the love and the faith and the hope of God to be a core part of your being. What were some of the things that you tapped into during your cancer journey and experience from a spiritual perspective? I would imagine prayer and. Uh, fellowship with with your congregation. Talk a little bit about some of the things that you utilize specifically from a faith perspective that helped you to work through along with good medical treatment and care.
2: Uh, Number one, uh, a lot of prayer with my wife. My wife is a very strong person in her faith. Yep. She believes in prayer. Okay. We have three sons who believe in prayer, so all of us were praying together. They were praying for me as okay. we were apart. Yep. I really tapped into a men's group that I
1: ah. I have back home. Okay.
2: We have a men's group, and yeah. I really tapped into those guys and had them praying and encouraging. There were some men in the group who had already dealt with cancer, and um, so they were able to, to pour into me and, and just share their experience. Okay. And, we were just um, we were at peace. We tapped into the Lord. We were in His Word, and we were growing in our faith. Yeah. And um, the church had a lot to do with it. Okay. So I would say family and church, and that men's group is a part of the church, right?
1: Well, and 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 what what perked my ear up when I heard that is uh, obviously you know prayer is the bedrock of of, of our faith, and yeah. and should be a bedrock of of any and all that we do as a resource and as a means by which, mm-hmm. obviously, not to get any deep theological discussion going here you know and communicating with god but uh the other element of what i certainly heard was your men's group and specifically uh putting emphasis on the word men because typically and historically men do not necessarily gather in that type of context we go to ball games together we fish together uh we you know we hunt together if we if that's some of our social kind of activities but but men typically getting together sitting down talking unpacking in some case revealing our vulnerability one to another is not necessarily what men typically do uh, let's talk a little bit about um, what were some of the things that that helped you with being able to uh, engage with your men's group were you able to at, at all talk about openly about, any of the dynamics about having prostate cancer there?
2: Yes, I was. Okay. And the thing that binds all of us together is we had this relationship with Jesus Christ. Yeah. And early in my relationship with Jesus Christ, um, I went to a large conference, and I learned there that when you have that in common, I was interacting with strangers at a level that I had never interacted with men.
1: Period. Mm. Interesting. Um,
2: At this conference, and to see men come together. You mentioned how we come together for ball games and things like that. Yeah. This conference was in a large arena. There were seventy-eight thousand seats, and the conference sold out. Wow. And this was my first experience with anything like this. Yeah. And up on the scoreboard, they flashed. Jesus, 78,000, Satan, zero, and the place went ballistic. (laughs) And I had never experienced anything like that. A group of men gathered together for that purpose. So that really opened the door for me to say, you know something? I can talk with men about the issues in my life
1: and the
2: medical problems and encourage them as well as get some encouragement and some comfort from them.
1: And so really sparking the idea then, or or the comfort level, I think, which is more importantly of connecting with, again, obviously your men's group at your local church. Yes. Okay. That's huge. And I I appreciate that because I think that there's something Mm -hmm. to be said about that Mm -hmm. typically as men, we tend to kind of isolate ourselves and barricade ourselves. We're strong and Mm -hmm. we're just going to push through it and work through it. But in reality, Mm -hmm. We have our fears, we have our uh, issues, we have our doubts or what yes. have you. And to be able to uh, to to feed off of other men and talk about that and be encouraged uh, in that type of setting, I think, is, is very powerful,
2: obviously. It's very powerful. This is a group that's been in existence for 35 years. I've been a member for about 25 years. I've been leading it for the past 12. Okay. And we have every generation in that group from teenagers up through the 90s so there's a lot of life experiences a lot of wisdom yeah um, when you're talking to the guys who are in their 90s they've had different health issues sure. and, and they've learned to talk about those things so they were very instrumental in helping me to work through this
1: you know what's interesting after um, you know uh, individuals found out about my diagnosis and and primarily it was men I was amazed at how many men would, like, catch me and and have kind of private conversations with me. And, of course, uh, I was was addressing colon cancer, not prostate cancer. But I was amazed, uh, Dane, at how many men were like, tell me what your symptoms were or would you mind answering some questions? I've never really had this conversation before. I had a gentleman just a week ago and you know he was like well how old are you and uh what did you do what did you experience he said, boy, I probably really need to look into that. I said, absolutely. But I could tell that that was a foreign conversation for him and that he had never had that type of engagement. Yeah. And he, he kind of, in the in the dark of night, he kind of eased up on me to kind of have that discussion. But he wanted and needed that. And I think that that's what I'm hearing with regard to your engagement in, in your men's group, that that's where a lot of pivotal conversations can be unpackaged and discussed and supported in that in that context.
2: Yes, only in Christ do those con those conversations take place between men. Yeah, if I'm talking to friends who don't have that relationship or are not a part of right. that type of a group, those types of conversations don't ever take place. Gotcha. But within a context of relationship with Christ and this men's group, they take place all the time, and, and there is a comfort level. Yeah.
1: So now that you you know you're you're on the other side of all of that now and in sorts an ambassador and an advocate and all of those things what um what currently are you doing outside of are you doing anything beyond your men's group uh with regard to the cancer continuum what's going on in your life today what 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 is God doing with you right now my friend because it sounds like you're doing well and you've been well. What's what's the what's the latest and greatest going on in Dane's life? Well, I'm continuing to serve him and because again, once you've been through something
2: like cancer and you know he's faithful, yeah. But I think that knowledge is more about head knowledge than experience. Mm. Once you've been through something like cancer, you know from experience, and you know deep in your soul uh, that he is faithful. So it just makes you want to serve him more. It makes you want to love him more. It makes you want to reach out to other men more. So probably the latest and greatest is I'm currently working on a proposal um, to work with the Evangelical Church of the West Indies. So, and there are about five or six islands in the West Indies. Yeah. And uh, two years ago, I did a men's retreat in Trinidad okay. uh, for a group of pastors and elders yeah. um, coming from those five to six islands. Okay.
1: Wow. So it sounds like with that being said, the Lord is continually using you. And in this particular case, to reach out to men, uh, I was just at a conference, uh, a men's conference that I had never been to before. And I went there to kind of present some information. And, of course, um, I think that what's on the agenda, uh, I think globally, certainly in the United States and, and outside of the U.S., is the interest and the and to make sure that uh, addressing men being in the place that God has designed for them to be has become a critical issue for the hour. And so that type of ministry, uh, I think, is very needful and necessary. And so we pray that God will use that and grow that and allow you to really reach men and help men to get back into their their godly position. That being said, uh, with the few seconds that we have left... um, I always ask everyone this question at the end of the interview, and, and so I'll ask you now, is what what makes you hopeful? What drives your hope? What keeps you hopeful?
2: Um, what keeps me hopeful are the experiences that I had in my relationship with Jesus Christ. Um, they just keep me hopeful. For instance, when I was diagnosed with a cancer and I understood Um, that this is something that could take you out. Mm -hmm. Before coming to Cancer Treatment Centers of America, rather than being fearful, I had this, I'm going to call it jealous, um, or maybe I'll call it selfish. I had this very selfish excitement about the thought of going to be with the Lord. I wasn't afraid to die. I was actually excited, which is a selfish thing because I have a family here, and he has work for me to do here. Sure, sure. So um, that kind of... Um, connection and that experience keeps me hopeful. But what also keeps me hopeful, quite frankly, are organizations like the Cancer Treatment Centers of America, because I feel that this is a very spiritually based organization. Mm -hmm. I feel like this organization inspires hope in people. Um, When I came here, the doctor told me after they did all of the, the workup, and, you, you know, we do a comprehensive workup here. Yeah, yeah. The doctor said to me, he goes, well, I have good news and bad news. What do you want first? Yeah. I said, well, give me the bad news. He goes, you're going to die. I hmm.
1: said, what's the good news? He said, it ain't going to be cancer.
2: Mm. I mm. said, okay, mm. I'm
1: ready. Wow. With that being said, today you have heard from Mr. Dane Johnson, who is a former uh prostate cancer patient who is now considered cancer-free, diagnosed in December 2011, uh, alive and well on planet Earth, who is now being used by God uh, in working with ministry toward men and allowing God to be first in their lives. And so today, uh, Dane, thank you for your journey. Thank you for your testimony. And thank you for the work that you're now engaged in. May the Lord continue to use you and bless you, my friend.
0: And, Percy, thank you for bringing us that updated conversation with Dean Johnson here today on the program. Uh, We're going to talk more about what Dean shared, but I want to ask you, Percy, because you mentioned it during the interview with Dean about your own cancer diagnosis and treatment. And that was recorded, of course, uh, maybe even a few months ago. How are you doing today? You know, as, as
1: we move forward, I'm doing well and feeling fine. Uh, I'll soon be going back to uh, do a three-month evaluation just okay. to kind of check up on things. That's and normal, keep an right? Eye on. Absolutely. That is a normal process. Uh, and just to kind of elaborate a little bit, you know, when you enter into a, a, a cancer treatment protocol, of course, I did not have radiation or chemotherapy. I simply had surgery to remove uh, the tumor uh, hmm. but you stay in a protocol you know for three to six to months uh, to do follow-up and to make sure everything is going well. So I'll be doing that here pretty soon to get okay. an update and I feel great and uh, the Lord has is, is been gracious and kind unto me that's hmm. for sure.
0: Oh amen to that. All right. well, I'd like to point out that on a future podcast we're going to be hearing from the doctor who actually performed that surgery on you so that'll be a fun conversation. Well, ironically, uh, we'll be hearing from my oncology surgeon at some point
1: later on down the line at some shows, as well as my GI doc, both of these gentlemen uh, who I have a a very good personal relationship with uh, that I trusted uh, my care to, we'll, we'll talk about from their expertise, my particular scenario and situation, and then uh, the field that they that they practice in, and, and some very enlightening things that'll be helpful. So yeah, we'll Good. have some of those conversations a little while later, later down the yeah, line.
0: look forward to that. All right, we're going to talk more about Dean's interview here in just a moment, but with locations in Chicago, Atlanta, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa, Cancer Treatment Centers of America is a comprehensive cancer care network that takes an integrative approach to cancer care. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com and click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America or contact a member of their team with questions you may have about your treatment options by simply calling 866-712-HOPE. 866-712-HOPE. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses a patient-centered approach and a wide range of technologies and techniques to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. And you can learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Well, how fun to hear from Dean after all this time has gone by. You know, when the first time we heard from him, it was pretty serious, and the Lord has really been faithful to him
1: absolutely uh we caught back up with him wanted to kind of get an update to kind of see how he was doing and uh he was more than willing to kind of uh give us uh, a sense of where he is at this point and uh, he's doing well uh you know dean is kind of a big man so he's a he's a man's man <laughs> and uh but he has such a heart for god yeah. and his experience uh obviously also has kind of shaped and redefined some things for mm-hmm. him you know just in terms of moving forward and he's really engaged and very busy out in the in the field of ministry and doing awesome awesome at this stage of the game so yeah. yeah
0: well one of the things dean shared was the importance of early detection early testing for prostate cancer and uh you know that's something that all of us men need to pay attention to
1: well you know when we talk about cancer in general Uh, One of the things that we know is that uh, there's been great strides that have been made, and we've talked about it on previous shows, of really decreasing the mortality rate of cancer, and primarily because of the fact of early detection, great diagnostics, early detection. And so we continue to beat that drum, uh, and particularly with this particular type of cancer and for the milieu of individuals, which are men, Uh, men are not always encouraged or excited, if you will. Oh, come on.
0: We're big babies, aren't we? (laughs) uh, You know,
1: talking about their uh, prostate or even having it examined. And so, but it is super important because prostate cancer is kind of sneaky. It does not always have symptoms. It can be asymptomatic. And uh, of course, you know, just as it was the case for my colon cancer, the earlier you can catch and detect cancer, the the better you are in treating, and obviously survival rates going up. So with that, he certainly emphasized and talked about the importance of yeah. early detection.
0: I had to chuckle when you said that men shriek at the examination process, but you know there there, there are probably men right now. <laughs> yeah, there are probably
1: men that are listening right now that's holding the edge of the table as they're, they hear. They're the, wincing. Yeah, <laughs> they are. So we want everyone to take a deep breath because the life that you save at the end end of the day may very well
0: be your own. It is so, so take care necessary. Yeah. It so is. don't neglect that. Well, no. another thing that Dean shared was the importance of prayer. He said prayer was the key in his life.
1: Well, he and, you know, he shared that when he originally received his diagnosis, he said that, you know, both he and his wife had peace, had total peace uh, when he was told that he had cancer. But again, he was a man of faith and prayer. He and his wife, And he mentioned his sons also, all people of prayer and that they enveloped themselves in prayer and in the presence of God and how that certainly helped and allowed them to walk in the peace of God uh, in walking through that process for sure. So thank God. Uh, as one uh, person that we interviewed on our show said, that I'm a product of prayer. Uh, may I say we are all products of yes, prayer at the yeah, end of the day. Right?
0: <laughs> yeah, that was a T-shirt that one of our guests wore one time, wasn't it? Product that of prayer. That's
1: correct. <laughs> uh, product of prayer. So, uh, pray without ceasing. The Bible tells us, and so we know prayer is a powerful thing for sure.
0: Yeah. Well, the thing that will stick with me from the conversation you had with Dean was the fact that uh, he, you know, you said he's a big guy, big, he's a manly man, but vulnerable in the sense that he was willing to talk about these things and talk with other men about these things. How important.
1: Yeah. And and that was really the point to be made um, because I think that as men, you know, we can get caught up in our machismo at the end of the day and our ego uh, that then can actually hurt us and harm us. And One of the things that he emphasized was the fact that he had became and was a member of a men's group at his local church, Mm. and how that really was of value and benefit in talking to other men and hearing from other men, and then he also shared uh, a very profound uh, occasion where he went to a large men's fellowship gathering. Yeah, right, 70,000, really, Yeah. Yeah, and he said how that really transformed his life And looking and hearing uh, men praising and worshiping God together and sharing stories one with another, which typically is not what we do unless it's a football game or a basketball game, but Mm -hmm. not under the auspice of being vulnerable and being transparent and certainly getting into the presence of the Lord.
0: Percy, I'll come back to you in just a moment. But, you know, caring for people living with cancer is a growing need in every church today for both men and women. To address this issue, the Our Journey of Hope Ministry Leaders Network has been started to equip and empower every Christian leader to better meet this great need. So if you are a pastor or a leader in your church or congregation, we want to invite you to join this growing family of informed ministry leaders in the Our Journey of Hope Ministry Leaders Network. Joining is absolutely free. When you sign up, you'll receive online access to exclusive leaders' resources. There's information about ministry training opportunities and our informative monthly email newsletter. Visit our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. Click on the Our Journey of Hope logo at the top of the page and join this ministry leaders' network today. You'll be glad you did. And by the way, the Our Journey of Hope program now, as I understand it, is being conducted via Zoom, which opens up for possibilities here, Percy.
1: That is correct. So again, we encourage everyone to take advantage of being able to log on to your computer and uh, join into a virtual cohort and learn tremendous principles and precepts that you can implement inside of your local church and start a cancer care ministry right away.
0: I see why you chose the scripture that you chose today about being new creations in Christ, uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17. You want to come back to that thought in context of your conversation with Dean?
1: absolutely so again when we as we will close as we started therefore if anyone is in christ as dean was he was a believer he had been walking with the lord and had been faithful but he experienced a new birth within his new birth he is a new creation old things have passed away and behold all things have become new We are encouraging each and every one of you that just because you are a believer does not mean that God still uh, does not have new things for you to be and to become. And that certainly was the case with Dane. So continue to go from glory to glory to glory. There are still new iterations of who you can be in Christ even as we speak today. Don't allow where you are to keep you from where God ultimately wants you to go because ultimately the best is still yet to come in your life. Be encouraged today as a new creature in Christ.
0: As we take our leave, don't forget to download the free resource, Ways to Respond to Cancer Patients. You'll find that at the website and many other things as well of value at healthhopeandinspiration.com. I'm Wayne Shepherd with Percy McCrae. Percy, uh, our time flies by here each time, but we'll, we'll be back with another program, another podcast soon.
1: We are. We're coming right back at you. But in the meantime, until we see you or speak to you again, you have work to do. So keep chopping the wood. Stay encouraged and be blessed on this day.
0: You have been listening to Health, Hope and Inspiration. Hope and Inspiration is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America.
3: If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person.